Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Has an insider terrorist spied on your computer? Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist, and your terrorist therapist. Well, yes, when I was asking this question, has an insider terrorist spied on your computer? It was not a rhetorical question because indeed there are terrorists spying on people's computers. I mean, I guess you kind of know about hacking and so on. However, um, this recently arrested terrorist uh, has special qualifications that are amazing. Uh, he is an IT specialist and he managed to get hired at companies where he can spy on information that will would be particularly useful to the terrorist group he belongs to, which is IJO, the Islamic Jihad Organization, which is a branch of Hezbollah. Now, this guy has an amazing story. Um, and he's, his name is Alexei Saab. Uh, he's 42 years old. He was living in Morristown, New Jersey until he was arrested. Um, and I, in my research about him, I found out that he was um, connected. They talked about him being on some social media. And so today, and I'll tell you all about that in a next segment, but um, today I decided to look him up and um, found out, and you know, I thought it was really interesting that he was still on social media, even though he had been arrested. Um, I don't know if he will still be on when you look him up, but, <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, wow, you really have to be careful who you connect to on social media, because you never can tell who might be a terrorist. And lo and behold, I am distantly connected to him. I do not know him, let me make that clear right now. <laughs> never met him, never saw him. Um, you know, his picture is there, I don't recognize him. But um, it is a, a warning. Um, you never know who you are connecting with or allowing to connect with you. In any case, um, I am going to tell you first an overview about him why he was arrested, um, what he's charged with, and so on. Um, and then I'm gonna go deeper into this man's background. And you will be uh, as astounded as I am as to how it took so long for um, him to be caught. Okay, so let's start from the top. Um, he has been charged with uh, terrorism offenses, including landmarks, tar targeting landmarks, taking pictures and videos of landmarks. Um, and of course, they will be finding out more about his IT work and what he looked at at that time. Now, 
Um, at this point, he's behind bars without bail. So he's not looking at anybody's computer uh, as of today. Um, but what, why this is particularly uh, concerning is because Hezbollah, which stands for or means the party of Allah, it's an Islamist political party and militant group based in Lebanon, and it was founded by Iran in the 1980s. Now, the reason why, as I started to say, this is uh, more concerning is because um, although Hezbollah has been known, you know, Hezbollah representatives, terrorists, whatever, uh, have been known to be in the U.S., but they were known to mainly be here to raise money. But obviously this terrorist um, was doing a lot more than raising money. He was working for them, uh, sending back information. And this is significant now because uh, if the tensions, you know, tensions are increasing with Iran and um, these same operatives who have been in the U.S. to raise money could now, you know, sleeper cells, um, if you call raising money sleeping, <laughs> uh, these sleeper cells ha could now be used to attack the U.S. And so a man like Alexei Saab is particularly useful since he has been uh, scouting locations and uh, sending back all kinds of information about these locations. In other words, not just taking photos or videos, but actually investigating these spots and sending back information that would be incredibly useful to um, Hezbollah uh, operating in the US, particularly if Iran gets uh, increasingly annoyed <laughs> and decides to attack the U.S. within the U.S. I mean, Hezbollah has been uh, perpetrating many attacks, including on U.S. citizens, but um, not yet within the U.S., but obviously uh, Alex hasn't been collecting this information for nothing. So um, he was uh, trained, and uh, he, he actually has been involved in this group since he was 19 years old. He's now 42, as I said. And um, he was trained in Lebanon with weapons and so on. But he then perfected his IT skills in the US and got jobs in these companies, as I will tell you. And he is far more dangerous to the US as an IT um, specialist than with his weapons, with, you know, guns and weapons, bombs, and so on. Uh, I can assure you that during these years that he's been in the U.S. since 2000, and during all this time, he has been using his skills, his IT skills, and um, the, the um, upshot of that, the danger from that, is a lot worse than guns or bombs. So now um, these, they found that um, he's been taking these photographs and videos and so on since the early to mid 2000s, which is, you know, since the time he came here. Um, and some of the uh, places that he has been, you know, investigating, taking pictures of and so on, uh, are, inc include Boston's 
um, landmarks such as the Quincy Market and the Prudential Center and Fenway Park, the home of the Boston Red Sox. In Washington, D.C., his pictures included places like the Capitol Building, Congress, and the White House. And in New York City, um, his photos and videos included places like the United Nations, the Statue of Liberty, Rockefeller Center, Times Square, the Empire State Building, airports, tunnels, and bridges. And that is what he has been sending back all this information to uh, the Islamic Jihad organization, again, a branch of Hezbollah. Now, um, he has been charged with um, terror offenses, um, nine counts, and also marriage fraud, which is related, uh, as I'll describe, related to terrorism as well. Um, he also operated abroad, including trying to murder a man who he thought was an Israeli spy. He pointed a weapon at him at close range and pulled the trigger twice, but the firearm didn't fire. So obviously his training in Lebanon about um, firearms was not as good as his IT training in the U.S. Um, he also has gathered information for Hezbollah in Turkey. And um, he joined Hezbollah when he was 19 years old in 1996. He started training, uh, being trained by them in 1999, which is when he learned about the firearms and military assault rifles, grenades, and so on. And then in 2004 and 2005, he was trained in explosives in Lebanon. He entered the US legally in November 2000 and became a citizen, a naturalized citizen in 2008 from Lebanon. And the marriage um, fraud charge has to do with his allegedly, all of this of course is alleged since he hasn't been tried yet, um, for marrying a co-conspirator in 2012 under false pretenses. Uh, she was she was um, someone who was here as a student on a student visa and he married her and clearly she was someone who had the same sympathies as he did. Um, and his charges include providing material support to a foreign terrorist organization, conspiracy, receiving military type training from a foreign terrorist organization, unlawful procurement of citizenship, to facilitate international terrorism and citizenship, citizenship application fraud. The most serious of these charges carries a maximum penalty of 25 years in prison. And these charges collectively carry potential penalties of over 100 years in prison. Somehow, I think he is probably, if he's found guilty, I think he's, uh, his um, years in prison are going to be closer to the 100 years than the 25 because, um, because of how long he has been here, been disguising himself, of course, undercover, <laughs> and um, collecting all of this information. I think people will find it pretty astounding that he was allowed to be in, um, in these companies. When we come back, I will tell you more about Alexei Saab. 
You've been listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Stay tuned and she'll be right back with more analysis of this week's hottest topic in terror. Welcome back to The Terrorist Therapist Show where I'm talking with you today about Alexei Saab who has recently been arrested. Uh, he was living in Morristown, New Jersey. He was working as an IT specialist in amazing companies, you know, companies that gave him access. I don't think it was a coincidence where he applied to work because these companies gave him access to significant information as part of his job that, of course, he was feeding back to Hezbollah, the um, Islamic Jihad organization branch of Hezbollah, to perpetrate... Um, well, to perpetrate terrorist attacks, to perpetrate, um, to help people with more information uh, for the war on terror. Now, the U.S. attorney, Jeffrey Berman, uh, said of him, as a member of the Hezbollah component that coordinates external terrorist attack planning, Alexei Saab allegedly, again, you have to say allegedly, used his training to scout possible targets throughout the U.S. Even though Saab was a naturalized American citizen, his true allegiance was to Hezbollah, the terrorist organization responsible for decades of terrorist attacks that have killed hundreds, including U.S. citizens and military personnel. Now, let me... Um, this is a man who, if you met him, and I know, I know, I know this is going to be, <laughs> uh, this is going to irritate some people, but you know, there is a stereotype of um, what a terrorist looks like. I mean, it, it, you know, it's hard to say that it's a stereotype, really. Let's put it this way. When you see news reports of terrorists, they do not look like blondes in bikinis. You know what I'm talking about, um, that a typical terrorist looks like. Of course, when a terrorist is in the U.S., has been naturalized as a U.S. citizen uh, for the purpose of propagating Hezbollah ideas and um, aims, uh, he is not going to look like, like a stereotypical or typical terrorist. And indeed, Alex Saab, Alexi, his, his real name is Alexi Saab, but, um, you know, his picture uh, on social media, he has this picture of him that uh, he calls himself Alex Saab. And um, he looks like a, what you might, you know, think of as a typical IT guy. Um, you know, again, that's a stereotype. I'm acknowledging that. Uh, but in any case, no, no beard or mustache a white shirt buttoned up uh, with a tie. Now, granted, if you were putting, um, wanted to put something on social media where, uh, particularly LinkedIn, where it was, it's a professional website, uh, yes, you're gonna have your professional look. Now, um, <laughs> I was alluding to this before, and I'm gonna get into more details later, but I will just say for now, that one, when I was doing research about him uh, to dig into his background, one of the things that I found reported was that he had a LinkedIn profile. So I went to LinkedIn thinking, ah, eh, it's probably not still going to be up there. Um, well, sure enough, sure enough, 
it is or it was. I don't know if it's going to be up there now that when you look at it, but you can go ahead and try. Alex Saab, he's listed as MBA uh, MS. I'll explain all of that. But the more shocking, <laughs> and he has 500 plus connections, by the way. This guy must be good in his IT work. Um, and to my chagrin, I discovered uh, that I am connected to him on, by the third level. Now, <laughs> I don't know how that happened. I don't know who my first or second level people are who are connected to him. But, um, but I will say, while I'm talking about this, <laughs> that, um, and I was saying before about how it's important to know who you're letting be your friend or who you're connecting to on the various social media sites, because before I saw that I was a third level connection, I looked at his profile and I saw that he had a recommendation from a man named Mark Rabi Srauer. Uh, who is described as an ICT investments manager. And he describes Alex uh, Saab as, Ali is a fantastic friend and an excellent team player. I've worked with him on several projects and I can highly recommend him for being a, for being hard, a hard worker, smart, a real technology guru. You can always count on him to deliver a high quality work on time. Well, I'm sure that Hezbollah is happy <laughs> to hear that he comes so highly recommended. And uh, he has, in fact, presumably been doing all this great work for them. And I was thinking to myself when I first saw this recommendation, I thought, oh, dear, poor Mark um, Rabi Sror. Um, uh, you know, now everybody's going to be looking at your recommendation and the FBI and counterterrorism are going to be, you know, talking to you. I'm sure they have already. Uh, to find out just how you know, you know, that he is such a fantastic friend and excellent team player. Now, supposedly they went to, uh, to school together, they were students together, but I think Mark must be sorry that he gave him this recommendation. In any case, let me tell you more. I like to go back into the background of these terrorists, and um, particularly, you know, as far as possible, um, he joined Hezbollah in 1996 when he was a college student and um, he was recruited when he was a member of the Hezbollah student organization at the University of Lebanon. And um, he received, according to the LinkedIn page, he received his um, he received a Bachelor of Engineering from the Lebanese University in Computer and Communications. Then, as I said, he came to the U.S. in 2000, and he studied at the Zicklin School of Business at the City University of New York. He got an MBA in International Business and Management in 2012. Then in 2015, he got a Master's in Computer Information Systems, at continuing at the Zicklin School of Business at the City University of New York. And apparently there is an uproar now from people who are connected to the City University of New York um, for their having hired him as a teacher. So I will tell you about not only did he, um, not only did he get his education there, but he was also hired 
let's see, um, as an adjunct lecturer uh, at Baruch College in from August, <laughs> well, his LinkedIn profile says from August 2016 to the present. Uh, don't think it's still the present. He's in jail now. Um, he was an adjunct lecturer at this same school, the Zicklin School of Business at, at Baruch College at the City University of New York. And he was teaching MBA and MS programs, courses covering IT strategy for managers and business and data modeling. So here we have, I mean, the irony of this, here we have a terrorist in New York uh, teaching at the college that he went to. And um, meanwhile, gathering information through his IT skills that he's feeding back to a terrorist organization, Hezbollah. Huh, you know, what this tells us is how careful, how much more careful we have to be. I just did uh, a podcast yesterday that I will refer you to about how the airlines have to be more careful about who they hire because of an, a technician having um, tampered with a plane. Um, so now we have a, a, an insider terrorist who is hired at um, esteemed organizations, esteemed companies, and teaching at an esteemed university. He, was, um, he worked at companies like, um, let's see, Acela, which his who where his he was a professional services project manager and his responsibilities included management of delivery and implementation of Cella Civic Platform for clients such as state and local governments, New York City's Department of Buildings, uh, also Massachusetts and Michigan. Now nine million dollar con plus contracts in total. So he got to see behind the scenes at New York City's Department of Buildings and other, also, you know, other um, information of New York City. I mean, do you think it's helpful to find out information, IT information about New York City's Department of Buildings if you are potentially planning a terror attack in New York City? I would say so. Then um, he worked as a uh, senior project manager for Microsoft, Microsoft. Uh, from January, July, from 2015 to 2018, he managed a team of 20 plus developers for the development and delivery of new releases of, are you ready for this? NYPD's domain awareness system. NYPD, he's getting behind their scenes too. Um, his responsibilities included design and technical oversight, managing development, etc. And then after that, um, he worked as an independent contractor for MS Dynamics, um, in, also in New York City. And currently, um, he is working for Covanta in Morristown, New Jersey. Um, well, presently, you know, from July 20, 2017 to the present, except for the fact that he's in jail. So all of these um, big companies who clearly gave him access to private technical information by being, uh, I mean, having access to their IT communications. Bump, bump, bump. All right. When we come back, I will tell you more about him 
and his training and how he got here and what his motivations are. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where I'm talking today about an insider terrorist. And originally I was asking you, has, has he spied on your computer? Well, <laughs> if uh, you have anything to do with these projects that I mentioned at Microsoft and Acela and all of this, and maybe more, maybe you went beyond that. I mean, he's, uh, an, <laughs> he's apparently an expert IT man. Uh, this isn't just a rhetorical question. I'm talking about Alex Saab who has been um, spying on uh, the US since he came here in 2000, allegedly, allegedly. He's been arrested, but not yet convicted. Okay, so I mentioned that he joined Hezbollah when he was 19 years old in 1996, recruited when he was a member of the Hezbollah student organization at the University of Lebanon. And um, his first Hezbollah operation occurred in Lebanon. He was tasked with observing and reporting movements of Israeli and Southern Lebanese army soldiers in Lebanon. And he reported about things like patrol schedules and formations, procedures at security checkpoints, vehicles used by soldiers, and so on. You know, by the way, um, people who are IT specialists are very good at details. I mean, you have to be. Um, Typically, they have some obsessive compulsive <laughs> parts to their personality. And um, so that makes a person a really good terrorist. I'm not so good, apparently, at shooting, <laughs> but um, at gathering information, yes, he's your boy. Okay, so then he was, uh, he was uh, trained by uh, Hezbollah. He, can, he continued his training even after he came to the U.S. He went back and forth. Uh, for example, in one seven-year span, he went to Lebanon 10 times. Then when he was 22 in 1999, um, that's when he attended his first Hezbollah training in terms of the use of firearms, uh, AK-47s, M16 rifles, a pistol, grenades, and so on. Then in 2004 and 2005, he attended explosives training in Lebanon. And uh, he learned how about triggering mechanisms, explosive substances, detonators, and the assembly of circuits. But again, he was far more useful to, him, to um, terrorists uh, through his IT training. Now, um, his, he's also known as Ali Hassan Saab, Alex Saab, and Rashid. The case is currently before a magistrate judge in the Southern District of New York. Um, what else is interesting? <laughs> There's so much interesting about him. Um, he was told to prepare a detailed guide to various terrorist targets. And I mentioned some of those at the beginning. Uh, in Boston, for example, the, the Quincy Market the Prudential Center, Fenway Park, Washington, D.C., the Capitol Building, Congress, the White House, New York, the United Nations, the Statue of Liberty, Rockefeller Center, Times Square, the Empire State Building, airports, tunnels, and bridges, all the things that you would expect a good terrorist to know about. <laughs> um, then, but what he was focusing on, he wasn't just taking pictures and videos, um, he was focusing on the structural weaknesses 
of these locations that he conducted surveillance on in order to determine how a future attack could cause the most destruction. And also uh, he reported about materials used to construct each of these targets, how, clo how close in proximity one could get to a target, the soft spots of the target, and all of these things that the Hezbollah could exploit and would need to know if um, they wanted to perpetrate an attack. And remember, something that I said at the beginning, and I want to repeat because it's important, you know, Hezbollah, again, was um, formed, founded by Iran in Lebanon. And our, I'm sure you are well aware, um, our relations with Iran are deteriorating. And um, they might well be eager to attack inside the U.S. And these um, Hezbollah terrorists who were primarily gathering money before uh, would be able to have all this information about all the prime targets thanks to Alex Saab. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, his, his marriage fraud accusation. Um, this was in, in July 2012. He married someone whose name they have not given out yet. Um, and he applied for a naturalized uh, citizenship for her based on their marriage. And um, in, in 2015, they, they got married in 2012, and in 2015, they filed a petition to obtain naturalized citizenship for this woman who he married. And he claimed, under penalty of perjury, and of course this was false, that their marriage was, quote, not for the purpose of procuring an immigration benefit. Uh, he was paid to marry her, although I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know that he necessarily had to be. I don't know who she is, but she's a French citizen. Uh, who entered the U.S. under a visa waiver program because she got an F-1 student visa to attend college in Manhattan. I mean, it seems to me that <laughs> it might not have been um, such a uh, difficult task to marry this woman. Um, what else? Um, Talking again about his training. Oh, this is, yeah, this is good. Uh, he was, when he was given explosives training, he was shown pictures, photos, of the scene of the death of former Lebanese Prime Minister Rafik Hariri. And he was told to analyze the photos to determine things like the size, type, and triggering mechanism of explosives used. And then, this is the interesting part, in 2005, he flew through Turkey, you know, so he got the training in Lebanon, you know, one of the times that he went to Lebanon for his training, and he flew through Turkey to get back to the U.S., and he was stopped and interviewed at the airport in Turkey uh, due to their having detected an explosive substance on his luggage or clothing, because, of course, he had just finished his explosives training, so he had explosives on him. And then later that year, when he got to JFK, and he was interviewed by law enforcement, 
and he acknowledged that Turkish, Turkish authorities had interviewed him about, you know, when they discovered explosive traces on his luggage, uh, but he denied any knowledge of why his luggage would test positive for explosives. Perhaps because he had just been trained in explosives? Huh? I don't know. <laughs> um, what else? Well, let's see. Um, just just a, to um, a little back story, a little um, more history about Hezbollah. It was founded in the 1980s with support from Iran, and um, they have been responsible for numerous terrorist attacks that have killed hundreds, as I was saying, including United States citizens and military personnel. And in 1997, the U.S. Department of State designated Hezbollah as a foreign terrorist organization. And, and, he's, and they're still so designated. And then in 2001, of course, after 9-11, there was an executive order and the U.S. Department of Treasury designated Hezbollah as a specially designated global terrorist entity. And then in 2010, the State Department officials described Hezbollah as the most technically capable terrorist group in the world. And of course, a continued security threat to the US. Um, the most technically capable. I mean, you know, this is why um, I, I keep trying to drive home the point, you know, because I, it, it so upsets me that people are in such denial that there is an ongoing terrorist threat. I mean, like with 9-11 just recently, been having whitewashed ever more, the 18th anniversary, anniversary ever more whitewashed, people um, pretending to themselves we are in denial of the fact that it's there is an ongoing threat. And again, the reason why I keep bringing this up is not to send you running under the covers of your bed, but rather to get you to be more prepared. And I'm not talking about duct tape. I'm talking about getting yourself prepared physically and psychologically. The stress of, see, part of you knows, you may have heard me talk about this before, cognitive dissonance, part of your mind, the part that hears all these reports, the part that hears this show. Um, well, no, if you're listening to this show, you are aware, um, you are not one of the people who um, is in denial. But for the most part, people are. And so it's, you know, the, the conscious part of their brain that hears all this information and takes it in and understands somewhat to some degree, you know, some of it is clearer than others. Um, I mean, you know, it's hard to, to really understand every little detail, but we, we get it that there are these terrorists out there wanting to hurt us. But we push that down into our unconscious mind and then we go into denial so that we cannot think about it every minute of the day. Now that's pretend, pr protecting our psyche, pretending to protect our psyche. But at the same time, that is preventing us from making ourselves stronger. All of this stress from knowing all of these things can, and, and, and really from knowing just a superficial level of it, I mean, that's part of it too, that we don't know all the details, which is also why I try to give you the backstory of all these things that you may have heard of in passing, but not really get the backstory. And when you get the backstory, 
you know, it isn't quite as scary. I mean, sure, is it scary that there are men like Alex Saab uh, who have jobs in com companies like Microsoft? Absolutely. Uh, is it scary to me that somehow I am third connected to him? Yeah, absolutely. But, um, but at the same time, that should make us do things to lower our stress every day um, and to get ourselves physically more stronger as well. Um, so thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your Terrorist Therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your Terrorist Therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.